And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello out there from <laughs> North and Central America's best soccer nation. Uh, go Canada, go. They've got, uh, I mean, you'll probably know the result of this by the time you hear about hear it. Uh, if you care about Canadian soccer... Uh, but yeah, go Canada. We're not talking about soccer. I just wanted to shout out uh, the Canadian national team. Uh, but what we are talking about is the Toronto Raptors, Canada's team in the National Basketball <laughs> Association. Uh, and to talk about them is Holly McKenzie. Holly, how are you? Hi, you were you were making me nervous. You you got so quiet, and I was like, "Gosh, what's coming? Was, Is this going to be yeah, a bad intro?" I was, I was very nervous. I mean, it was a bad intro, but uh, <laughs> but not uh, the way you were expecting. I was I was like waiting to see if anything clever came to my mind, and no, I, I, I'm a bit tired as as we were talking about beforehand. Uh, I too have written three games in four nights, so I'm I'm battling through it. Uh, and I don't get, a, like, even a two-minute break on the bench. Um, anyway, I, I'm joking, of course. My job is very good. I have no complaints. Uh, Holly, uh, yes. Raptors fans, I mean, there might be some complaints, but we both picked a three-and-two uh, set of five games, quintet of five games. Mm-hmm. I guess there can only be a quintet of five games or else it wouldn't be a quintet. Uh, they went up to us. They went up to you. Uh, yes, for- yes. Also, also, just for the record, you also told me that you thought I was lying about my guesses. I was not lying. We don't have to relitigate this. And they of- still managed. Yeah, the Raptors to go us. four and one to review. Uh, they beat Charlotte. They lost on a back to back to Chicago. They won a triple overtime game in Miami. Uh, They won in Atlanta on Monday with uh, the Hawks. Didn't have Trey Young, and they won again uh, against Miami on the next night. Uh, Both Miami games, of course, played without Kyle Lowry. Uh, We both wish Kyle and his family the best as he and his family are dealing uh, with their personal matter. Uh, Sucks not to see him, but... Obviously, as Eric Spolstra said, most importantly beyond basketball, obviously, is that everything is okay there. Uh, obviously. Love to Kyle and, and his family, uh, ho- always. Hopefully things are, are good enough that uh, we can see him in Toronto on April 3rd, but uh, that, of course, is secondary as well. Uh, the Raptors are 26 and 23. That's good enough for 8th in the East. Eighth in the East, <laughs> if I could speak. They're one game behind the Charlotte Hornets for seventh, two and a half behind Brooklyn for sixth, uh, and uh, one up on Boston and three up on eleventh, uh, which of course is the line of demarcation between making the play-in and uh, not. Fourteenth in offense, sixteenth in defensive rating, fifteenth in net rating. Uh, still pretty average, but this week was anything. But average. Uh, I want to start here. Where does that game against Miami, just off the top of your head, rank in like all-time regular season games? Oh my goodness. Again, it makes me think of the Washington triple overtime because I think that that's the only other triple overtime that I've covered for the Raptors. Do you think there's another? Has there been another triple? There was a game in Sacramento where Terrence Ross hit a shot and they said that, it didn't I don't count. even think that was overtime. I think that, yeah, that I would couldn't have remember, to overtime. Remember, but DeMarcus that stands Cousin, out in my yeah. mind as like a crazy game because they messed up and it should have been a game winner. Yeah, I don't like, like, I don't think so. The Raptors played a triple overtime game in England. Uh, oh, yes, 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 yes. I do remember that with the Nets, New right? The Jersey Nets, the then New Jersey yep, Nets. I do remember uh, that. That game was awful. I remember every look... <laughs> Like every potential game-winning look, it was like it was getting worse and worse. Uh, 
and, and those were two pretty bad teams, so not a surprise. Uh, my favorite game I ever attended as a fan in terms of the regular season, I think I've talked about this, was the triple overtime game in 2001, right after the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Hey, we'll be talking mm-hmm. about that in a bit. Uh, the 2022 <laughs> version, not the 2001 version. Uh, but the Raptors were undermanned. Jerome Williams drove in mm-hmm. his truck from Detroit to Toronto, and uh, <laughs> the Raptors uh, won. Uh, or sorry, no, wrong. The Raptors lost uh, in triple overtime against the sort of the Peja. Uh, Vladdy, Chris oh, wow. Weber, Sacramento Kings. Mm-hmm. Uh, but guess guess what happened in that game? Uh, Vin, Vince Carter played 63 minutes. And yes, 48 plus 15 does equal 63. So uh, despite all five <laughs> starters playing more than 50 <laughs> minutes, including all 15 overtime minutes in the, the game this week, uh, none of them cracked the top Three, I believe, maybe the top four in minutes played in a single game for a Raptor. One is Vince Carter in the game I just mentioned, and DeMar DeRozan is second and third on that list. Uh, so maybe we are missing another triple over. No, because I, I think it might be the the second and third might be that New Jersey game and the Washington game I mentioned, possibly. And the Washington. Uh, but you're not answering my Jersey. question. Uh, where does it rank? How high? The game we just saw on Saturday. Uh, it was, in terms of entertainment value, I think it was yeah. the most entertaining for sure. Like, it actually ended up being a really, f- I hate calling it a fun game when I know guys are playing so many minutes and obviously we're exhausted. But it was a really entertaining and fun game, which is not something I usually say about the Heat and the Raptors. Yeah, and it, it was crisp, but not like... It's not as if the offense was skewering the defense every time out, which I think is sort of what we talk about, what we mean mm-hmm. often when we say crisp. Like, like both of these teams are very, or, or at their best, I should say, are, are good defensive teams who create havoc and chaos and turnovers. So there was a fair number of that uh, those down the stretch. But, like, I think just... And it was just such a physical yeah, the, game, I, too. That's but... what I was about to say. The intensity and the physicality combined with what I didn't think was, like, a lot of, like, obvious mistakes. There were a lot of mm-hmm. plays being made on both ends. Like, it, it puts it pretty high up there for me. Uh, I think I don't think that I can... I think it tops the other Raptors overtime Yeah, games, the, overtime the one games, I'd think sure. about just in, was DeMar's 52 game uh, that did go into overtime against the Bucks, I, I, I just yeah, remember that. Yeah, I watched that, that from Nova Scotia. Yeah. That was on New Year's Day, right? Yeah, I remember that. I watched that from very, Nova Scotia. I wasn't, yeah, yeah. I remember that being a great game. Uh, there there have been a few others uh, 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 down that I've seen live. But in terms of seeing something on TV, this is right up there. Uh, and yeah, if I'm trying to be objective about it, maybe I just put it behind that Raptors-Kings game in 2001. Uh, in terms of the Raptors <laughs> nostalgia yeah I mean I was a I was a fan I had a six pack of season tickets with my friend Sam uh, wow I thought you were gonna say you had a six pack and I was like no, I, uh, I was 15 um, I was like why are we talking about this is that what you remember about being 15 <laughs> uh, I mean I wish you could have seen my face because it literally was like what is he talking about <laughs> Uh, anyway. Yeah. Well, as soon as you get your Zoom camera working. I know. I know. I know. That would require me to go to the Apple store. I just got my uh, which... computer fixed, actually. Uh, I got an... You went to the Apple no, store? No, I went to a... I mean, an Apple associated store okay. uh, and got a new battery, Maybe it... which is helpful. Was it really busy? No, no this is more I'm talking about. That's actually very helpful. I my 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 dread of going to the Apple Store, like, is as high as dread of going anywhere because it's always just so yes stressful. Uh, like it just it just makes me feel completely like I'm being sucked into. Yeah. No, uh, I haven't been in like up in the Eaton Center, for example, since the pandemic started. I would assume the Apple mm-hmm. Store isn't like that right now. But yeah, yeah, it does like it does strike me in in uh, the before times as one of the most chaotic <laughs> stores you'd ever want to go in. Uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, I, I understand why you're putting that, that off. Uh, I think the individual headline from this four in one week, 
Uh, I don't think. I Gary know, Trent. I know. Gary Trent is on fuego. <laughs> uh, he, speaking of DeMar DeRozan, he tied DeRozan's record with five consecutive 30-plus games in a row. It helped that he has played 41.7 minutes per game in those five. Of course, that includes a 15-minute overtime, so it's really something more like 39 or 40, which is much more reasonable, of course. Uh, uh, but averaging 32.2 points per game, 6.23s made per game, which is nuts, uh, shooting almost 52%. Uh, from deep and also get into the line 4.8 times per game and that's not really his game and the Raptors can use any sort of a you know regular free throw uh, getter presence yeah because they are normally on the (laughs) wrong side of that Uh, to quote Fred Vedd's leader at least paraphrase him defenses are always complaining about the Raptors uh hacking and fouling and that's fair because they usually are hacking and fouling is, is what <laughs> Vlad, Vlad Vliet said or something along lines that uh so the free throws are the nice, best but man what's what has been your impressions of Gary Trent uh during this binge? holy he has been so much fun to watch and uh during the game on Tuesday Miami. uh <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, they, like the, the game the, what's Tuesday, not helping yeah. is they're playing all the same teams over an eight game span. They're playing. F- so I've four, completely lost every sense twice. of anything. So, in addition to time having no meaning anymore, <laughs> there, there's also like, oh, and by the way, they're literally playing every team twice over the next two weeks. So, in the second game against Miami, which was a win in Toronto but not a yeah, not no, an overtime no overtime it's the normal 48 <laughs> minutes only only two guys played over 40 minutes including Trent uh my favorite part was watching uh him talk trash after hitting big shots uh that was just it, that's something he you has had a so better much... view of than I did um so you, yeah you well feel yeah free to expand he... on it if you'd like no, he just had a lot to say, which was always, always fun to watch because he is such a passionate player. And you can see that when he's playing on the defensive end as well. But getting him getting to see his personality come out when pl- other players are you know talking to him and when he gets to kind of talk back and let them know, <laughs> let them hear it yeah. uh, is just really fun. And um, man, he's been great. I remember I was I was pretty upset in the Atlanta game actually down the stretch. Um, there was there was a there was a stretch where they didn't go to him. He, yeah, and what happened is he went out for two minutes because he had played yeah. the first fifteen minutes of the half, <laughs> uh, as the Raptors starters do, <clears throat> and he came back in. I, I think he went out with about nine minutes left. He came back in with about seven minutes left. But as I noted in my story from that night, he didn't take a shot. Uh, he had mm-hmm. one turnover, but he didn't take his next shot until there were about 90 seconds left in the game. So that's a five and a half minute stretch where Trent didn't get a shot. And considering he his hands were literally made of flames at the point, uh, at that mm-hmm. point, uh, it was a bit worrisome. Worked out in the end, though, because he hit that shot <laughs> that, that he took, uh, which was a an, I, I, he took a handoff from Scotty Barnes, went to his right, mm-hmm. which is his weaker side, the side he doesn't like to pull up from as much. Uh, and still still nailed a three. <laughs> um, he missed the contested two that followed. But uh, beggars, which we all are in terms of the Raptors' half-court offense, cannot be oh. choosers. Oh, gosh. That's bleak. Uh, uh, yeah, no, he, he... I was very, like... I was frustrated watching that game saying, Gary, Gary, pass it to Gary. Uh, but it worked out and he has been awesome. And I do not want to think about where they would be <laughs> no, this without him over this past little stretch. But it's just fun to see him looking great. Like he was out with an injury and he kind of came back and it looked like it took him a little, you know, a couple games to like get himself back. Um, and I don't know. I don't know if you would have seen this. Did you notice? Um a taller man in white at the game last night uh, in the stands? N- no. His dad was... He, oh, was yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew his dad was there. I just didn't yeah. see him. He was in like a white Raptors sweatsuit, and that was really, really nice um, to see him watching. Yeah. Uh, uh, it was just... Yeah, it was just nice. It was very fun. When After the trade last year, I wrote a feature 
on Gary Trent Jr., in which I talked to Gary Trent Sr. about it and, and about how he raised him and, and tried to <clears throat> turn him into a basketball player and obviously a very different type of basketball player than <laughs> than he was. Uh, you know, Gary Trent Sr., obviously sort of like a brooding... Uh, a brooding... Uh, brooding? Not a, not, bruising? Yeah, a bruising sort of old school, <laughs> I'm brooding. Um, bru- I was like, yeah, wow, bru- what did you guys talk about in this yeah, interview? Yeah, it got real. Uh, bruising, power forward, <laughs> old school type, the type that really doesn't exist much. Uh, I mean, when if those guys exist, they're centers generally now. Um, and Trent is obviously, you know, a perimeter-oriented player uh, mm-hmm. and... Sort of before this year, known for being a decent defender, but but nothing special and more of a standstill shooter. And now we're really seeing, you know, I think I still think that's his strength. Like all things being equal, the Raptors probably want him taking as many uh, pull up, not pull up, the opposite of that, catch and shoot threes as (laughs) as possible or catch and shoot jump shots as possible. Uh, But he obviously does have a lot more in his proverbial bag than just Mm -hmm. that um and it was cool because like we had you know a few hundred fans back in Scotiabank Arena last night and when he was at the free throw line there were smatterings of a Gary chant um really I didn't I honestly didn't expect there to be any fans in the building so I was kind of confused I didn't realize I didn't know either that it was I mean I knew the rules had changed I didn't know that the Raptors were going to let in a fan I actually it's funny it's good you mentioned that uh there was somebody stopped me in the line to pick up food and was was reminding me of this which i which i don't remember but you had post or like retweeted this guy this was years ago probably um a jersey that he had and it had like his nine favorite players oh my gosh of all time. um yeah 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 you yeah. remember this on the back, yeah. right? On the back of the jersey, and, there's, like, all the names. And he mentioned how I, like, commented on it and said, like, this doesn't even make sense. Those guys didn't play together. Uh, <laughs> so that's how he came up to me. Very classic. Uh, I, oh, my I was God. Like, I do remember. Yeah, I definitely I do like, remember this don't, photo. Don't. I, I don't know why I respond to these things like a, like a killjoy. What is wrong with me? Um, <laughs> anyway. You were having a bad day. Uh, it ended I mean, in why. Yeah. True. Just, uh, joking. just joking. Gary Trent uh, also... <laughs> That's so... Sorry, I, I just needed to go back to that for a second. That is really, really funny. And now I'm going to have to f- pull up that photo. Yeah, send it to, um, like, at me on it uh, when, you, uh, when you find I it. Will, or, I or will. send it my way because I'm curious. And, and I just wanted to ask you, do you know... Well, so you said the rules changed. What are, like, what are the rules now for here? I think you can... For... So I don't think. I know you can have up to 500 people. <clears throat> up um, to 500. I, I'm okay. not sure if that is, like, fans... Or like people total, or everybody. And th- so that yeah. would include the players, us, and and staff. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it it did make a slight difference knowing people were watching. Uh, like obviously the the noise wasn't much to speak of. It was still felt mostly like artificial noise. But uh, knowing people were watching, I, I think it, it's nice. It's nice. Um, and and I always think yeah. it must be really interesting for the visiting team i mean it's weird for the raptors but yeah. they're kind of used to yeah, it they're the ones it must be if, wild for yeah. the visiting for the visiting team. to come yeah. and just be like oh <laughs> this is how it goes um really quickly about about gary's dad uh you talked about how they're different styles of players i wonder what gary's dad thinks of gary's fashion yeah uh on that note thank you for the segue <laughs> uh he gary trent uh, pronouns pal uh, was on Gary Trent Jr. I'm speaking of uh, came to the podium on Tuesday night after his fifth straight 30 point game he was wearing a Prada outfit and as an accessory was wearing a red Prada basketball in a <laughs> what holster like uh, I don't really know how to he was, was, wearing... it, was it a bag? Like, did the basketball open as a bag? Apparently or not. Or I it think just it's a just basketball. a basketball. Uh, retail price, I believe, $725 if you want to get really outraged about something. Uh, but I love it. I, I mean... If know, I have all the money in the world, I want to have fun. Yeah. Like, and he's having and, fun. And, like, most of these guys do make, like, considerable charitable donations. So if, if you're, you know spending on you is is okay and and uh you know clutch got him a good deal so 
Hey, at least it's that. a basketball. Like if ever something, if he ever gets stuck somewhere and is bored, he can. Yeah, just he's gonna start dribbling around it from his wrist and start dribbling basketball. Um, I mean, sure, why not? Fred Van Vliet said, and I quote: "Normal people don't wear that. He can wear whatever he wants. He's a rock star, man. He's a rock star in every sense <laughs> of the word. And I just have really appreciated his passion for the game this year and his compete level." Uh, which is what you mentioned, just how much he oh, seems yeah, to yeah, care. Yeah. Uh, I was going to get to that right after you mentioned uh, his trash talking, but we got diverted. That's okay. <laughs> uh, Fred Van Vliet also said in one of my favorite quotes of the year, he was asked if Trent's offense comes within <clears throat> the flow of the offense. He said he's not scoring. Uh, I'm adding scoring. He's not scoring in the flow. He is the flow. He is his own flow. <laughs> that's an amazing quote and imagine being so good at something that yeah i want to be my own flow um i like to think i am um I, what would yours be would yours be for writing like i mean i guess that would have to be what mine was too like uh, making self-deprecating de- jokes when no. asking terrible questions uh that's my eric flow. it's 2022 yeah i need to get over this is that what you're saying Yes. All right, I'll try. Yes. Um, so not even get over it. Just give yourself more credit. Yeah, that's um, all. Be be easier on myself. There are enough people who will be hard on on me. Um, maybe not. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I don't think we need to have a is this sustainable talk because like it quite obviously is not. Uh, like he's not. Hell yeah, he, it's sustainable not, and it's really fun. He's not going to shoot. 51.7% on threes. He's but not going to make does? a great point. Uh, he's not going to hit 6.2 threes <laughs> per game. Uh, but to your point... Uh, that but again, you, what if he does? Yeah, I, okay. But to your point, uh, <laughs> where would they be without his performances yeah. right now? I mean, we saw it in the games before. The Raptors were shooting... Before he came back during his six-game absence, the Raptors were shooting 31 percent from three they had like an offensive rating around 103 or 104 or something and since they've came back uh they're up to almost 40 percent from three maybe 40 percent after last night's game uh they're they're scoring at a certainly a better clip than that um and as teams like certainly focus on fred van vliet that first half against miami whether it was a combination (laughs) of exhaustion Jimmy Butler face guarding him like Fred Van Vliet had two shots. That's not how this team mm-hmm. is is built. And yet, you know, Trent 17 kept them afloat and they found... Fred looked really tired to... in that game. Yeah, and then he like... Like even before, like, I mean, just from the beginning, he looked tired. That sure. was one of the first games where... That was one of the first games where I was watching, I thought... I mean, obviously, we've talked a lot about his minutes, but that was the fir- like one of the first games where I was like, he doesn't look. Yeah, and I want to. Like, u- he doesn't look yeah. like himself. I want to use this as a jumping off point to talk about some of the concerns within this mm-hmm. within this like undeniably great week. Um, uh, like I don't, I don't want to like be a downer. This was a good week, <laughs> but you know, it's our job to try to keep things in perspective here. Uh, but it, but it, couldn't it just be our job to like just go wild and say that he is? I mean, I like to think that's a bit more of your job, and uh, <laughs> you know, I can fill other roles as we got that uh, the uh, Nelson and Martin uh, meme from The Simpsons earlier in the week from I think Brandon. I had no PI idea who that was. PI. Yeah, it's the Sim- It's because you don't watch The Simpsons. But it's for the people who do watch The Simpsons, uh, it was somebody who tweeted and and somebody sent it to us, a picture. It's like every podcasting duo (laughs) is, uh, so Martin Prince skipping around merrily. And then there's Nelson Muntz, who's the bully, just sort of like dragging his heels and looking like a grump. Uh, So uh, we do somewhat fit that. Uh, you're not role. a bully though no i'm you're not a bully not and, a and bully. like that picture doesn't portray him to be a bully it like that's his role <laughs> in the show but not within okay. that picture okay. he's also a love interest for lisa at one point um but uh oh damn yeah that's neither the, the simpsons went places i didn't yeah, know for, uh, by one point Aren't they, don't they always stay as kids though yeah, like, at, at they... one point i mean in one episode <laughs> um, oh, okay <laughs> uh didn't work out and lisa remains in grade two um Anywho, the, <laughs> the concerns, uh, I'm, you mentioned the exhaustion, and, and mm-hmm. I think here's sort of how we've seen that play out. Like, the last three wins, Miami, Atlanta, Miami, have all been sort of similar. They've gotten off to, 
fine but not great starts, put themselves mm. in a bit of a hole, uh, or... I can't remember where they were after the triple overtime game. I think it might have started a bit better than, than these last two games. But nonetheless, they haven't been great in the, in the first half. They've been great in each of the third quarters. Like, the third quarter Raptors mm-hmm. are the best team in the league. Uh, of course, that <laughs> involves playing Fred Van Vliet and Gary Trent all 12 minutes occasionally. Um, last time I checked, their offensive rating with both of those guys on the floor is very good. Um, and they've really used those third quarters, quarter, quarters, uh, quarters to propel themselves. <laughs> I, like it. I, I do too, to propel themselves back into <laughs> games or, or to take bigger leads, uh, as they did against Miami and that lead dwindled against Miami, which caused that game, uh, the first Miami game, I should clarify to devolve as it did. And the other two games, it allowed the Raptors to really get back in it and set themselves up to take the fourth. Um, and in, in basically all those games, Delano, Delano Batten did get in a few minutes in the fourth quarter of the most mm-hmm. recent Miami game, but they've basically gone down from what's been a larger rotation in the first half to a smaller rotation in the second half, generally a seven-man rotation uh, with cameos from an eighth. Um, so the minutes continue to climb. And so the the type of win is what I'm saying is not very varied, is not very varied, uh, and (laughs) therefore they only have certain avenues. This isn't a team with a ton of margin for error, in other words. They're not winning in a ton of different ways. Uh, How much of a concern is that? Because the way they're winning Uh, seems exhausting. (laughs) It is exhausting, for sure. And I think it is a concern... But similar to what you said at the beginning about, um, I hate that phrase, but the beggars can't yeah. be choosers thing. I think right now they're just happy about about this stretch. Uh, but the defense has been so great in the second half of these games, and especially the the fourth quarters. Like it feels like the defense is like really fueling the offense as well. Like they just they look like in the fourth quarters, not just the fourth quarter, but especially the fourth quarter of these games, they have looked like the team that I think we thought that they were gonna be or hoped that they would be uh when the season started. You know, like the length they're using their length. They're super athletic. They're getting lots of shots. They're getting um creating lots of turnovers and extra possessions. Like I feel like that has been the my outside of Trent, that has been the thing that I think has been the most positive. So I, I I echo your concerns, but I also think that that has been a huge positive, and I hope that they can find a way to continue that or or have that um impact earlier in the game with one or two bench guys getting into yeah. that mix more to, your, to help out the starters. To your point about the defense, I just did this while you were talking, so, so thank you for the monologue. Um, okay. uh, the Raptors' <laughs> defense in the last seven games and just the second halves, uh, allowing 99.7 points per 100 possessions, that is second best in the league over that span, next to only. Uh, I could give you 29 guesses, and I think you might get it in your 24th or 25th guess. Mm. Do you want to make one guess based on that? Uh, me saying... Well, that's they, now making, yeah, it's going to be somebody unlikely. So who, who's... That's now making me, like, change who I think. Dallas? No, they've been good. One more guess. Who? Just guess somebody unlikely. Well, obviously the unlikely guess is always going to be Sacramento. No, it's not that unlikely. Uh, Oklahoma City. Uh, <laughs> 96.8. <laughs> Uh, I don't know why I was thinking Sacramento. Dallas was like a good like (laughs) Sacramento in the second half of the last seven games. Oh no! uh, Yeah, that's impossible. Actually, that was an impossible. One hundred and twenty-eight point three points. Oh my goodness! Also, Alvin Gentry. uh, uh, They rank last, by the way, in in that stat. Okay, well, yeah. (laughs) Alvin Gentry, go on. (laughs) No, I'm trying to remember. I wanted to say this, and now I can't really remember the story. So it's kind of a pointless waste of waste of space waste of air waste of time uh i think he like wasn't going to speak to the media because they were so bad after one game or something i feel like i remember seeing this and i just thought oh my goodness he's had some insane quotes because he is very honest yeah and what a situation that is yeah and it's pretty clear that they're gonna i I mean i don't i don't know how much they love gentry but like uh, things haven't turned around under him so i i imagine they're gonna go fire well i'm sure that all they need is a different coach and it'll turn all around the history of the sacramento kings has taught us certainly um 
quickly a few things uh, before we move on to some other thoughts, uh, in, uh, and we'll keep it in the concern development. And in the positive development, um, <laughs> uh, uh, Tim Birch, Nick Nurse said he should be back within the next week. That's great. Great news. Um, does any part of you think he should go in the starting lineup? Not any part of you. Would you put him in the starting lineup? Um, I would in time if it needs to happen, but right now I don't think I would. You? I, I think that's probably my answer too, but my gut is he should be starting for Scotty. Um, yeah. And I, I think it's partly to help, like, just give Scotty more of the ball, to be honest. Like, like I think he's just, he's been good. Yeah. He's been fine to good still, but like he can just get more reps on the things he needs reps in in a lineup that doesn't always well, include Pascal yeah. and and uh, Fred, especially. Um, so I think that might end up being their best starting lineup. And uh, the other thing is, like, having three primary reserves, and obviously this could tra- change at the trade deadline, change at the trade deadline, uh, but having them be Boucher, Birch, and Achua... Mm-hmm you know, isn't obviously idea the ideal. There, there are also, ways they can work around that, but it's not what you want. You just, you mentioned Scotty and I just have to say his pass last night um, to OG for the, the alley-oop for and the bound pass. Alley-oop. Yeah. Wow. Great pass. Perfect, yeah. perfect play call. Perfect finish by OG. But what a freaking pass. Our friend, our friend Gourmet Spud just retweeted it. And he tweeted it under the guise of, I can't see where the fifth defender is. And I looked at, like, I can't see it either. I'm sure there was a fifth defender on the floor. That seems like a major (laughs) error. And maybe he's just in the backcourt trying to avoid, Mm -hmm. like, a a play that sends them, allows them to kill time in the backcourt. But uh, that's probably the answer. But... Go to Gourmet Spud's uh, feed afterward and and try to find the fifth defender. You won't be able to. Um, I will do that. But just can we just have a moment to say, whew, the pass. It was a great pass. Um, I mean, yeah, a ballsy pass. Like, that's not an easy pass to do from uh, that that (laughs) inbound spot. And knowing if you throw it away, the opposition is within two and uh, has the ball with a chance to win the game. Uh, But Scotty Barnes isn't scared, whether it's like... He he doesn't, like, usually when you say that, you're thinking of a guy like Gary Trent Jr., who's, like, clearly taking shots. That's not the type of player Scotty Barnes is right now, <laughs> although we've seen him occasionally in that role of, like, just taking big shots uh, and hold that note, um, hold that thought, rather. But, like, he'll he'll try to make plays. The plays that he sees are there. Now he, he's, like, just mm-hmm. more comfortable as a passer and a defender than as a shooter right now, but he's, he's, if he sees the right play to make, even if it seems bold, he'll do it. And that's part of what you have to love about him. Indeed. Hold. Indeed. I'm wondering where you're going with the hold that thought I'm holding it. So the shots, uh, I, I mentioned he okay. isn't shooting very often. Uh, the Raptors played a lot of crunch time in January as defined by NBA.com. That is, uh, you know, under five minutes to go within uh, plus or minus five points. Let's get some usage rates of the uh, Raptors in those situations. And I bring this up because I think it was after the Brooklyn game, we had a discussion of the Raptors late game offense. And you said you'd love to see Scotty Barnes getting involved a lot more in those situations. (laughs) Usage rates in these last, in January, (laughs) Uh, Gary Trent Jr., 24.1%. Fred Van Vliet, 23.4%. OG Ananobi, 22.7%. By the way, OG is the best shooter by far in those minutes uh, for the Raptors. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but he's been awesome, and and he obviously had the big three against Atlanta off of a great setup from Van Vliet. Like that ball fake and kick to the corner. uh, It's funny how you don't talk about uh, late game execution when guys are just making plays out of ISO yeah. mismatches. Uh, but that's what Fred Van Vliet did. Uh, and he, yeah, definitely didn't see that coming. Didn't know that was coming. It was a perfect. The ball fake just, you know, chef's play. kiss. Anyway, I'll continue. Pascal Sayak, I'm only at 18.2%. You would obviously expect higher. Uh, but he has had the ball a lot and he's, 
he's just happened to pass a lot. Uh, I, I think he's either tied or very close with Van Vliet in total assists in those minutes. Uh, Scotty Barnes, 8.8% uh, usage rate, which is like sub-OG as a rookie <laughs> by far. That's like a... Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. It, it's like Yuta Watanabe, like on a... Uh, it's on a surprise. A, like last year at the beginning of the season, that's like what that percentage is. Uh, so how concerned are you by that? Like he's obviously having moments throughout the game, yeah. but in the biggest moments, he tends to be, you know, sometimes he'll screen, sometimes he'll get in the dunker spot, sometimes he'll have a pass to make, but he tends to be away from the action. Yeah, he also has shown, again, his ability to get offensive rebounds and taps. Like he's so good at just making things happen even when it isn't focused on him like yeah. even when he isn't the focal point of whatever's happening which is a great skill is to positive. have yeah but yeah no definitely is surprising to see it like that i probably would have been able to guess like that the hierarchy there but i would not have guessed those numbers like i would not I probably have would have inverted siakam and og but uh, i mean as i said like it's the it's it the passing like OG. from yeah. pascal that really you know, and as and long as you're awesome. tur- not turning it over, which he hasn't been doing much in those situations, mm-hmm. uh, the usage doesn't go up, even though, you know, it'd be interesting, mm-hmm, I guess, mm-hmm, to see mm-hmm. time held and dribbles in those situations. But I did not prepare for that, Holly. Um, <laughs> do you need Do you need me to like... I, I, do I don't even know where to start you. with that. Like, I'm sure there probably <laughs> is a way because John Schumann and the NBA stats team are geniuses um but i i don't think i could figure that out unless you literally spoke for 15 minutes and unless we're talking about i don't know harry styles that's probably not going to happen uh his birthday yesterday happy birthday to harry uh february 1st second mm-hmm. oh. what today's the third right uh, no today's the second yeah, yesterday's the first okay. it was the first all right cool sorry yes um speaking of scotty Barnes. Uh, there's also the whole minutes deal, which I think we kind of covered. Uh, as, I, as I wrote in The Athletic, uh, subscribe to The Athletic, uh, I think with the trade subscribe deadline, the whether the Raptors make a move or not, I really think this is going to come to a head and, and they will find minutes regularly for an eighth and probably ninth guy. And, and by regular minutes, I mean like a, you know, two 10 to 12 minute rolls. Um, <laughs> you were gonna say two minutes and no, I was no, like, not like like the sh- like the Justin Champagne role doesn't count as a rotation spot. Like like don't yes. get me wrong, like all those minutes are, you know, if however you get Van Vliet or Siakam a few extra minutes, that's great. Uh, but like that's not a sustainable way to run a rotation. So in my mind, they're basically playing a seven and a half man rotation right now. I'm I'm taking this completely out of the lineup here but i and i'm forgetting the games because of the order of what you mentioned us seeing the same teams again and again have we did we pod um since malachi had like a really good stretch a really good game i can't even remember what was that charlotte that might have been the first game i think it was charlotte and then i think the first game in this stretch so we might we in the stretch yeah I just wanted to say shout out to Malachi. Yeah, so he had it. He had a really good game, and it was really nice. We to always see. say, "Be ready when you're called." It's it's as we see by the the amount that those players are are not thriving in the situations in which mm-hmm. they are put in. It's not an easy thing to do, and and he had a great few minutes. Uh, has he played since? I maybe in the Chicago game, um, but. Uh, yeah, I think we don't need to belabor it uh, because we're going to talk about the trade deadline in a bit. And, and either they're going to solve the problem externally or I think they'll be forced to solve it internally. Um, and I think that's where we're going to get. We'll go there in a second. Uh, speaking of Scotty Barnes, I said speaking of, which was one of my New Year's resolutions not to do that. I'm not perfect. I think it might be the first time you did that today, though. All so. right. Uh, nobody check that. Scotty Barnes <laughs> named to the Rising Stars event. Can no longer say Rising Stars game. Have to say Rising Star event because it now includes 28 players, 12 rookies, 12 sophomores, and four G League Ignite players who are divided into four seven-man teams and they play a mini tournament. Um, I don't I, I don't really care about 
the event itself, so I have no thoughts on it, uh, if we're going to be honest, other than it's like a cool achievement. But Scotty Barnes named, that's no surprise. Bit more of a surprise, and I haven't, to be honest, broken down the group of sophomores that was included. Precious Achua also named to yeah. uh, the sophomore, uh, to the Rising Stars game as one of the 12 sophomores. Uh, were you as surprised as I was at that one? I was surprised. Uh, I also noticed uh, someone had tweeted, and it kind of went all over Twitter, that when they announced that on TV, they had him listed as a Heat player. So that was disappointing. But maybe they just were confused because there were two Raptors Heat games this week. Uh, but yeah, I was surprised. Uh, but good for him. Good for Scotty. It should be a fun weekend for them. Um I, I am happy about the change in format because obviously the problem with All-Star Games is always that it ends up usually just being, you know, a lot of dunks and that's fun, but like one team sometimes will run away with it from the other team. So I think they're always looking to try to find ways to solve that competitive yeah. issue without, I mean, obviously you don't yeah. want players to go out an All-Star weekend and get hurt, <laughs> but like you do want it Shout to be entertaining Shout out to Kyle Lowry to taking a bunch of charges a few years back. Shout out to Kyle Lowry forever. Kyle Lowry is like history Um, of all-star injury related issues. Like there was that. He didn't get injured, but he was certainly taking charges. But there was mm -hmm. also the time where he just showed up on the bench with a huge wrap around his wrist and everybody started sending me the photos. Like, what's up with this? I'm sure it's nothing. And then like he had surgery to get rid of the loose bodies (laughs) like a few days later. Yeah, that was great. Um, Great. And it's like, did you golf during the break? It was good. Um, he, of course, does, I don't know why I'm relitigating this. He did it in the last game before the All-Star break, which was a yes. brilliant comeback against Charlotte that I think prominently involved my man, DeLon Wright. Uh, so good luck. You didn't mention him when we were talking about the Hawks, by the way. Uh, He's like a full grown, grown up veteran NBA yeah, player. Yeah, like he has like, broad adjacent shoulders. Yeah, he like looks like he has grown up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I I I love Delon, and I think the the Raptors could do worse than acquire him at the trade deadline. Uh, but I don't think it's a particularly likely situation. Uh, so. But yes, I do think that the the change of format is good because it'll make it more competitive. Yeah. I think because it'll be smaller games and probably like, shorter uh, tournaments. Yeah, shorter so. games. Yeah. Uh, Zach, Zach I, Harper think... of the Athletic doing his power rankings uh, mentioned the Raptors and, and said that Scotty Barnes should just be involved in as me- in All Star Weekend in as many ways as possible. Just let him host. Um, <laughs> just let him smile, yeah, just, literally. Yeah, just, yeah. Let, just give him a mic and let him walk around all, all weekend uh, and, and clap. That would be amazing. In people's faces. Um, this episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Do you have funny final all-star thoughts? We get the reserve named on Thursday. Uh, As I found out yesterday when I tried to be smart with Nick Nurse and said good luck with the... Uh, yesterday being Tuesday, good luck with your selections. The selections were already due before Tuesday. They were due on Monday. Mm. So Pascal Siakam's great defensive performance on Tuesday had no bearing on what the coaches <laughs> uh, saw. Do you have any final thoughts there uh, about? Yeah, about I'm really. I'm. I'm just anything? curious to see how how the coaches' vote goes. I I really really hope that we see Fred's name there. I feel like he's gotten a lot of attention over the past month or so uh along like national outlets so i'm hoping that that will be reflected in the votes uh but not a not a ton of extra thoughts just curious to see how it goes and oh i do have one thought it's not raptors related uh i do not appreciate the way people have been 
um, making jokes about Andrew Wiggins being selected as a starter. I really thought you would have loved that. I, I thought that would have been perfect for you, Holly. You you love it's sarcasm fan... and, and and just meanness on on Twitter. It's a fan vote, and the same people that are like upset that Wiggins is starting were also wanting Drake and or Justin Bieber to tweet in support of the Raptors. Yeah, look, so... and, and like it's not just a fan vote. Like he he finished third among the fan vote. There were chances for the players and media to mm-hmm. vote, and that counted for 25% of the vote. I had a vote, not for only the... No, I had a vote for both uh, for both conferences. Um, and, you know, uh, if more of the players would have would take this actually seriously, like, like would actually think... Uh, like, I, I'm actually not outraged by this for all the reasons you're, you've you've laid mm-hmm. out but like pinning it on the fans when the players take it objectively less seriously than the fans do uh if you look at like the players who got votes in a much smaller group of, of voters you know uh it's ridiculous like it there's you know i i think rudy gobert to my mind clearly should have been the third forward in the Western co- front court player, sorry, in the Western Conference behind <laughs> LeBron James and uh, Nikola Jokic, uh, there are more deserving players than Andrew Wiggins, sure. But like Wiggins has been very good on a good team, and on a great team, yeah, yeah. And the players don't take it super seriously. Like like the the majority of the media had you know Gobert or Green or Towns in that third spot. Uh, I, I don't know exactly what the players numbers are but they just don't really care and i i'm not saying they should but i you can't just pin this on the fans uh beyond that it's fine who care i mean it it results in one less quote unquote deserving all-star but it's not like wiggins is zaza pachulia in the year he got in it's not like he's undeserving like it's not rare for one of the best teams in the league i think they're they're only a couple games behind the suns for the best record in the in the league not just the west uh to have two players be in the all-star game yeah like yeah have two starters yeah the issue is that eventually the spurs get spurs fans get upset because Dejounte murray doesn't get in because andrew wiggins did get in um but is that like the world's i mean that sucks for whoever that player ends up being but it's again it's not like wiggins is it's just bothered me because i feel like it has been a stronger reaction than normally is about the all-star game and usually people don't are, are not outraged at celebrities tweeting um in support of it because that's just part of it like if tweets and retweets count then i mean that part of it is a popularity contest in that way and it's just it's just silly like let wiggins enjoy his moment he's had an amazing season and good for him and and yeah good for his fans who who helped get him there yep um don't be a jerk like not you okay i don't want to talk about this anymore um i agree with everything you said okay like in my mind, I could talk about it forever because I think there are ways to make it better and, and, like, so the most deserving players get in. But, like, I don't think it's that important and I don't mind the fans having a say. Maybe there's a way to streamline it so that, like, only the fans attending, which it used to be, like, only fans attending a game get to vote and, and therefore you can't vote however many times as a celebrity. Um, but, like, the NBA is not going to give up all its social engagement, so who cares? Why are we talking about this? The NBA is also a global game, so it's not fair to restrict it to fans who are at right. because tons You're of right. fans are don't even think about that. watching from around the world. Um, anyway, congrats to Wiggins. Yeah. Uh, we'll have some Canadian representation because there is none in the Rising Stars game for the first time in what I imagine is quite some time. Uh, mm-hmm. I will be writing, and let's get let's get this done. We'll we'll give it about ten minutes, maybe, and hopefully end within an hour. Knock on wood. Plug the mailbag. Yeah. Plug the mailbag. Uh, I uh, on theathletic.com. <laughs> if you go there, there is a submission form where you can send your trade deadline question or, or proposals to me. I will be answering them in the style of "Who says no?" Uh, the Raptors or the other team slash teams. Uh, that the proposed trades are from uh, or are with, I should say. Uh, having gone through them briefly and answered a few so far, I will say we're heavy on trades. 
in which the other <laughs> team says no and not the Raptors. People love a trade. They <laughs> yeah, love yeah. to try to get Boy, the most. Boy, people love giving get... up seconds uh, instead of firsts. Yeah. Uh, it's really popular for some reason. Um, <laughs> so if, keep that in mind. I One of the trades I, I will be discussing here if, if we have time, I... I changed a bit so it would become realistic as opposed to a Raptors, uh, a trade that the other team would just definitely say no to without even thinking, even if there is some question about whether the Raptors should do it. I should shut up. Before we uh, get into specific trades, let's just say for a minute that the Raptors are definitely trading Goran Dragic and a lottery protected first or a top 10 protected first for a piece or pieces that will help them this year and a year or two into the future what type uh, like obviously the raptors need depth at any cost we know that mm-hmm. is there a type of player that you would like the most a shooter so like a, a two because they're so easy to come yeah, by like a two three a, a two three type um yeah. i'm with you like there's been a lot of talk about bigs uh I think, as we've mentioned, like the Raptors not having bigs is sort of a feature and not a bug of this mm-hmm. experiment. That doesn't mean I don't think they would trade for bigs in the right situation, but I, I don't think they're going to use serious, serious assets on somebody who's not moving the needle. Yeah, I mean, I think that that could help, but I definitely think that they would benefit more from a shooter. Yeah, Um. so... The way I was talking to Michael Grange about this uh, while we were both waiting for our test results uh, in uh, at the Scotiabank Arena, uh, so we could we could enter the arena on uh, Tuesday, and I said like a shooter who gives you like one of either defense or secondary playmaking. Uh, mm-hmm. that's what I'm looking for. Like, it's unrealistic. 3 and D, baby. Yeah, it, There's tons of yeah, those no, guys really to look, that's looking why for you teams. you have to consider <laughs> trading a first, right? But, uh... Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, like, which is to say, I don't want the Raptors to trade for Davis Bertans because he can't play make or defend. Uh, and if, if that <laughs> is the type, I hope you're getting assets back to take on that contract. Anyway, mm-hmm. enough with the generalities. Let's get into some specifics. Uh, Lucas suggests the, to the Raptors, a man we just saw, Bogdan Bogdanovich. He signed through 2024 at 18 million per year to the Hawks, Dragic, and a lottery protected first. Uh, who says no, Holly? The Hawks say no. I agree. Um, I understand that the Hawks are trying to get off some some money. But they also made the conference finals last year, and Bogdanovich mm-hmm. is probably their second most explosive perimeter creator, right there with. He's a really good with, player. Yeah, Kevin Herter, like, maybe. like I, it wouldn't be a guy that I, it's not like it's a situation where he's a really good player, but there's a lot of internal issues where you're trying to move him. Yeah. You know, like he's a really good player, so yeah. you would definitely. I think you're want... definitely like having to attach a more interesting player to Dragic and make it a bigger trade if that's your deal or another asset. And I'm still like, Atlanta's sort of in the similar situation to the Raptors in which like, yeah, they're not going to go all in this year probably. They Mm -hmm. have a few more monetary concerns than the Raptors do, but I don't think they're just going to sell for future assets as this trade would suggest uh, while acknowledging again their money situation. Uh, from Alex to the Raptors, Eric Gordon signed through 2024 again at about 19 million per year to the Hawks. Goran Dragic, a 2022 top 10 protected first that has declining protection through 2024. That means the pick gets better uh, if it doesn't get conveyed every year. So maybe this year it's protected through the top 10. Next year. If the, if the Rockets don't get it, I put to the Hawks. I meant to the Rockets. Um, it's top eight. The year after that, top six. Uh, what do you think about that? Who says no? That's interesting, but I still think that the... What's the other Rockets. team you have, Hawks? The Rockets would say no. I think the Rockets can probably get a pick and a low level yeah. prospect. So like maybe if you're tossing in, I don't know if like the Rockets really like precious Achua or Malachi Flynn, maybe there's a framework there. I don't think the Raptors go more expensive than that. And frankly, like Gordon is a little 
he's 33 and, and he's smaller. You were going to say he's a little uh, yeah, old, old, and but, I but was like, going to cringe he's gr- because... Like, I really like him. Like, I, I like him. I just, like, yeah. if I'm the Raptors, I that's not necessarily where I want to go in the age bracket. Like, mm-hmm. failing any other option that I like better. Like, I would make this trade if I'm the Raptors. I don't think the uh, the, the Rockets do, but I, I think the Rockets will have better options. Uh, and, but I also yeah. think that the Rockets would be more open to doing a trade than than the oh, for sure. You know like what the I mean? Like, I, in, like I feel like the Rockets are in a yeah, situation where maybe some yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a clearly different yeah. situation. I'd be surprised if Eric Gordon didn't move. Uh, but I think they can get slightly more than that. But that's not unrealistic. Um, also, I just have to say, people can probably tell from the tone in my voice when I'm talking about this stuff. I loathe the trade deadline. I hate trade talks. I don't like talking about players coming and go. Like, I just, I, I don't like it. It makes me this feel is, very sad. This is, a good, this is a good segue. Because so, uh, th- so this is why I, I threw like this it. trade in for you. Uh, from Justin, right. I'll start with uh, what's going out. To the Magic, Goran Dragic, uh, Svi Mikhailuk, a lottery protected 2022 first. And an unprotected second round pick. You can make that whatever year you want that the Raptors have one. They don't have one in 2022 and 2024. Uh, Coming back, Mo Bamba, who will be a restricted free agent next year. So you have to deal with paying him uh, or or coming to some sort of deal. And Terry time, Terrence Ross. Oh my goodness. I would love to see Terrence come back. See, I I knew I could make the trade deadline conversation fun for you. But then it still makes me feel bad because I don't like... I... I hate the trade deadline. It's I, everyone else finds it so fun, and I know yeah, you're as not, media, you, you're supposed like, to think yeah, it's Yeah, you're just not like a GM at heart, like ninety five percent of NBA Twitter. Um, I, no, I don't like it, and I hate ranking players above other. I also hate NBA rankings. Shocker. Hashtag NBA uh, eh. um, <laughs> So let's. I, I really want to keep this under an hour. We're losing. We're losing hope here. Yes. Who says no here? <laughs> <sighs> but then you're making me say that the Raptors are going to say no to Terrence. Com- well, what's your The opinion? Magic are going to say no. The Magic are going to say no. I think that's a deal that's really close to working. Um, I don't think Ross or Bamba gets you a first alone. Uh, mm-hmm. I think both of them might get you a lightly protected first and getting that unprotected second round pick uh, like could help. Like if it's the Raptors and you figure they finished similar next year as as last as as this year that's like 45th or something that's not nothing ultimately i'm guessing the raptors don't like bamba enough to really want to pay him um in free agency mm-hmm. what it would take uh so i'm going to say the raptors like the, again if this is the best deal available the raptors probably do it but I think they ultimately say no, and I think the Magic probably try to move the pieces separately rather than together. Does that make sense? Gosh, getting Terrence Ross back here would be <laughs> wild. Um, like truly yeah. wild. I, I was making trades for him, for Norm, for Serge. I, I was to, uh, for like the entire Serge. Yeah, I was reuniting the bench. Serge back. I was reuniting the bench mob in trades. Uh, I talked to CJ Miles for. See, people really do like people like the trade machine. Yeah, I hate the trade machine. You know, I never use that unless I like actually have to like verify that something could work. I hate it. That is not something I ever go to for fun. Yeah, no. Um, I just did it to rile up Twitter. Um, uh, which I do, which I do occasionally, and and I won't be answering many questions. Uh, this is the final one we'll be dealing with today. So you can, Mm -hmm. you can start to get relieved. I won't be answering many questions involving, involving the Raptors core four, or even Gary Trent, who's just outside of that, I'd say, but also core four, um, uh, shout out to my core four group of Ryerson friends, Fahad, Lindsay, and Rosa. Um, that's why I did it. Uh, but, uh, I did want to include this one just because it's interesting. And this was the pick that I altered because it, it originally only had a 22 uh, pick swap. And I think the Raptors would need to give more for this. Mm. So to the yes. Kings, OG Ananobi, Precious Achua, 
a 2022, so this year, top four protected picks. So that allows the Raptors to keep the pick if it's uh, if they move up in the lottery, if they're in the lottery, uh, which is obviously unlikely, so it would probably convey. Uh, and plus another pick swap, uh, so maybe 2024 pick <clears throat> swap, for Rashawn Holmes and Tyrese Halliburton. Well, <laughs> I feel like the Kings probably are down to do whatever, but uh, it's funny because OG is the type of player they need. He's like he's yeah, like yeah, a yeah. better and younger Harrison Barnes, uh, who who is another Raptors candidate, by the way. Uh, although I d- I don't think they'll they'll pony up what they'll need to in order to get him, but like he would. Bringing Harrison Barnes here would be like closing the the Ben Uzo triple-double loop. <laughs> I, I hadn't thought about that. Um, <laughs> so do you have a feel on that one? Like other than the Kings, like the Kings uh, are impossible to predict because they're the Kings. I, the Kings are impossible to predict, but I don't think, I don't think the Raptors are giving up OG. I agree, which is, which is why I'm not going to ha- tackle money of these trades. But I think the Raptors meeting is longer about this trade than the Kings meeting is, if that makes sense. Like, because the Raptors would talk through it more than yeah, the Kings because would. Tyrese Halliburton, yeah. I think, is Sacramento's best trade asset, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. to turn that into OG Ananobi, uh, what's probably a middle first round pick in a not very deep draft, supposedly. And a pick swap that probably won't happen because the Kings generally are bad and the Raptors are generally decent. Yeah. Uh, like, I don't think that's enough for them. Uh, uh, which is why I added the, you know, the pick to the pick swap, which was in- initially added. And then when I think you go to multiple firsts, the Raptors are totally walking away. Um, yeah, no, definitely. But, like, I, I would, I included that because I would <clears throat> love Halliburton on this team. I, yeah. I think he's, like, yeah. almost the perfect... Really nice guy to play next to to fred uh but i think it would take more than that for the kings to give up on him. it would be awesome but i definitely would not want to see og i mean it's sad and that's what makes the trade deadline hard and that's why you hate talking about this stuff um so that's one piece you can look forward to on the athletic another piece you can look forward to as i mentioned briefly and you didn't respond to i talked to cj miles and i talked to nine other people in Fred Van Vliet's life, I can say this now because it's supposed to go up on Thursday, and they told me some Fred Van Vliet stories uh, and some Fred Van Vliet just thoughts on the precipice of him likely being named an all-star. Uh, I'm not going to get into anybody else. Uh, I will say I talked to one politician about him. Uh, oh, wow. A, I a, cannot Another wait. former Raptors player. Uh, a to form, two former Raptors uh, assistant coaches um, and and some uh, a, a lot more people from his earlier days and his, his basketball career. Uh, Read Eric. Yeah. Subscribe to The Athletic. A lot of great Fred Van Vliet, Van Vliet pieces <laughs> out there right now. Uh, Michael Grange at Sportsnet had a great one on his leadership. Howard Beck getting Fred the mm-hmm. National Pub in SI. Uh, cool mm-hmm. to see, and I really do think it's going to be rewarded with an all-star berth uh, spot on Thursday night, while conceding that there is a guard, uh, uh, a surplus of deserving all-star guards in the Eastern Conference that could make him uh, make it potential that he becomes more likely to be an injury replacement for Kevin Durant, or possible, not more likely, possible to be an injury replacement rather mm-hmm. than making it in the first go. But I, I, if I had to bet, I think he'll make it. Um, quickly, this week, uh, Thursday, home to Chicago. Friday, home to Atlanta. Get the weekend off, two days off in a row. Oh, my God. And then uh, Charlotte on, I put Tuesday, but I believe it's on Monday. Uh, in Charlotte on Monday. What's your prediction, Holly? Well, I wanted to... I want to say 3-0 and because I want to say that they'll beat Chicago finally. But I feel like realistic would be 2-1, and but I'm going to say 3-0. and All right, so you're saying 3-0. I'll say it's a tough week. Um, I'll say 2-1, and 
I'll say they win their home games and then lose in Charlotte on Tuesday. And then lose in um, Charlotte? Even though, like, I don't know. I guess that's what I'll say. I don't feel good about it, though. But when do I feel good about things? Oh, I don't feel good about 3-0, and but I'm going to say it. Yeah, I mean... I think it's I mean, likely you... to be 2-1. Two 2-1 and two and would be a good week. For sure. I'm going for 3-0. Sure. Yeah. So we'll talk to you uh, next Tuesday is when we record. <laughs> that will be two days before the trade deadline, which is Thursday, the 11th. Uh, if anything's happened, of course, we'll cover it. I would expect most things to come down to the you know, final day, as it always does. Um, because I doubt the Raptors will be in on anything so big that it would really need time to get done and, and therefore is pro- uh, like the market setting things, the market setting pieces. Where are the Raptors for the deadline? Uh, I believe it's Oklahoma City on Wednesday and Houston on Thursday. They have a back-to-back. Okay. Um, so they're away. Yeah, Yeah. Great. Um Anyway, we'll talk about that then. Holly, uh, hopefully, uh, I don't know what we should hope for. Um, hopefully nobody, hopefully the trade deadline is peaceful for you. Is that fair? Yes, that's, that's. I don't want like, any hard. Hopefully uh, it's happy for the Raptors fans, but peaceful for you. Uh, like if, I don't know if those two things can happen, <laughs> but if they, if they can, that's what we want, right? If they can coexist, that would be nice. Thanks for wishing yeah, that, I for, that for my, for my emotional state. Yeah. Uh, so thank you, Holly. Thank you to the listeners, to the readers. Uh, and we will come back to you early next week. Uh, Holly, thanks as always. Thanks, guys. Thank you. See ya! As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.